Ave Maria Radio and Renewal Ministries presents Fire on the Earth, a compelling look at the new evangelization through inspiring teachings, interviews, and testimonies. Welcome, friends. This is Peter Herbeck, and you're tuned into Fire on the Earth. And this week we've been talking about Jesus' words, you know, the risen Christ and his, his words from the book of Revelation, where he says, I make all things new. What is the newness that Jesus is talking about? That's what we've been focusing on this week. And if you haven't had a chance to tune into the program, I encourage you to go to our website at renewalministries.net, download the Renewal Ministries app, and it'll give you access to everything that we're doing. And you don't have to wait or watch it at a very early hour, like in some places my, my radio show here is in very early hour of the morning. And the early risers love it, but a lot of people don't get up that early. And so, but you can listen to it at any point, as well as, you know, you can access our YouTube videos that Ralph Martin and I and some of our team are doing. Sister Ann Shields, a wonderful radio program, very inspiring program, our television shows, and a lot of what we're writing about, what we're saying to people, it's all there free for you to access, and you can also help spread the good infection. You know, if the show has been a blessing to you in some way, uh, share it with your friends. And if this has encouraged you and built you up, Tell them to look for the Renewal Ministries app, and they can also find hopefully encouraging words that will give them life. Well, yesterday we were speaking from Ephesians chapter 4, and beginning with verse 17, where St. Paul is talking then about you know, the big picture of the new life that the Lord's bringing about and the new life we receive in baptism in the Holy Spirit. Then what does it look like in this life? And he talks about the, the old life and the new life. I won't go back to it, but I encourage you uh, to tune into yesterday's program. You can find it. And But today I want to take up, uh, starting in verse 25, the caption here from um, the Bible I'm using, the Ignatius Catholic Study Bible, New Testament Bible, second edition. talks about, beginning in verse 25, the rules of the new life. So we noticed yesterday Paul was saying, no longer walk as the Gentiles walk. And we talked about what does this word walk mean? It means really the life of a disciple, becoming a disciple, a learner. Who are you following? Who are you listening to? Who are you surrendering your mind to, your resources to, your energy, your emotions, your, right? Your decision making. And to become a Christian means to be born again first in the Holy Spirit and be given a new life, becoming a child of God, and then becoming a disciple of Jesus, which is a very serious decision to make, to say, like St. Paul would say, it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. The life I now live, I live by faith in the Son of God. And I make it, he'll say it later here, it says in Corinthians, I make it my aim to please the Lord. That's the, the fundamental orientation of the disciple. And that means in every single aspect of life. You know, my relationships, how I handle my money, what I do with my leisure, what I do with my sex life, what do I do with really every dimension of my life. The, the disciples in a place, I know now, I know God. I know the Lord. The great gift has been given to me, a sinner. God's mercy has come to me. And the great gold of my life, I have found the pearl of great price. You know, like the, the story that Jesus spoke about in the Gospels, the treasure hidden in the field. You know, the man came upon the treasure, and when he saw the glorious, beautiful treasure, a man who had a lot, he took the treasure and buried it, and then he bought the land so he could have, he could possess the treasure. You know, I think a lot of us, you know, becoming a disciple is a way, you might say, buying the land. Like, I'm ready to, I'm ready to give everything. I mean, I'm ready to give all that I have so I can 
lay hold of that treasure, which is Christ, and his plan and his purpose for me. A lot of people, you know, I think who, you know, the church has talked a lot over the last number of years of um, the work of evangelization as part of the new life. Say, go, go evangelize. You know, why aren't more people doing it? Why aren't more people coming to church? Why aren't more people? Because one of the most precious things human beings cling to is their time. I want to do with my time what I want to do with my time. And they have certain goals in mind, pleasures in mind, preferences in mind, and they don't want to give up that time. And so unless you found the pearl of great price, unless the human heart and mind has found Christ the King, when that happens, when it truly happens, we easily, gladly say, I want to become your follower. I want to be your disciple. I want you to teach me. I want to learn from you. I want to please you in everything that I do. So that's really the heart that is at the foundation of the new life. And he'll even talk about it later, chapter five. But here's verse 25. Here's some of the things that, you know, the writer calls the rules of the new life. Therefore, putting away falsehood, which is what we do, no more surrender to lying, giving into the flesh, to the lies of the world. Let everyone speak the truth with his neighbor. Wow. That's radical. Think about the level of lying that's going on in the world today. In our political culture, in the whole news world. I mean, it's unbelievable how much is going on. People under oath lying through their teeth. That's a darkened mind because every word that comes out of our mouths, we're going to be judged for. We're going to be held accountable for. And people, you know, look at it like, well, the approach is, um, there won't be any ultimate judgment on me for these kinds of things. I'm a good person. I want my good goals to be achieved. So if I have to lie to get there, I'm going to do it or to lie to preserve my life or preserve my taking, having to take responsibility for negative consequences. And then the end, my good end, what I have in mind justifies the means of my getting there, which is if I, if I have to lie to do it, I'm going to do it. Well, that's not the Christian life. It's wrong. And it refuses to acknowledge the dignity of the person or persons I'm speaking to or the institutions that I'm speaking to. And I refuse to acknowledge their dignity as human beings with rational minds and have have been born to know and live by the truth. And I'm going to manipulate them. I'm going to ignore their dignity. I'm going to ignore God's will. And I'm going to do what I want to do to get what I want. So lying's a bad thing, right? So so the rules for the new life is let everyone speak the truth with his neighbor, speak the truth in love, for we are members of one another. Be angry but don't sin. Here's a good one. Be angry but don't sin. That was a this is a big one for me to learn, you know, in married life, you know, and raising kids. Anger is a natural emotion. Anger rightly seen, experienced and understood can be a source of energy, right? To to end up to do in the direction to do the right thing. But also can we can lose control in anger and it can be very harmful. Right? So Paul is saying be angry, but don't sin. Keep that anger. Here's another sometimes I think about when Jesus said, you know, in the Sermon on the Mount, Blessed are the poor in spirit, there's the kingdom of heaven, blessed are those who mourn. And he said, Blessed are those who are meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Meekness is, you know, strength under control. It's the, you know, the the strengths we have of mind and energy and will and flesh and the rest of it 
all of it, every, our whole being, our whole person needs to live under the lordship of Jesus, under the will of God. And so anger is one of those really powerful emotions that people just let go of or they hold on to and they refuse to let go of unrighteous anger. But it's, it's a tremendous, powerful feeling that is meant to be at the service of love. Ultimately, right? All things at the service of love. So that's what it means. Be angry, but don't sin. And it says, don't let the sun go down on your anger. Again, that's one, some, I could tell you a bunch of really personal lessons where I went to bed angry at my kids. I went to bed angry at my wife or the people. And I, 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 you know, it's just not good for the mind and the spirit to do it, but I was stubborn. I was mad and I didn't want to deal with it. And I wanted them to notice it and come and talk to me about it, you know, or whatever the situation. It's very important. So make a decision. Why should I give up my anger in those situations? They hurt me, so to speak. Like, you know, why should I not be angry with them? It's very simple because it's the will of God. He wants me to handle my anger the right way, not to pretend that it's not there, but to handle it in the right way, to not stew, to not use it to manipulate, right? Be angry, but don't sin. Don't let the sun go down on your anger. And then he said, and give no opportunity for the devil. That's wise. Because when when we insist on the old way of life, the old way of, for example, handling anger, we open the door. We give the devil an opportunity to enslave us. And we act out of the disordered energy. We act out of the unrighteous anger. And we give the devil permission to do work. And we harm ourselves and we harm people that end up experience that unrighteous anger. Let the thief no longer steal, but rather let, let him labor doing honest work with his hands so that he may be able to give to those in need. So it's just one of the Ten Commandments. Don't steal. Let no evil talk, verse 29, come out of your mouth. Wow, that's a hard one, isn't it? I mean... How many times do we lie? How many times do we quote unquote fib? How many times do we gossip? I mean, gossiping, gossiping is a big deal. There's a lot of that goes around. You know, that's evil talk. And the word, the word of God says, you know, Paul's saying let that's evil. And so let no evil talk come out of your mouth, but only such as is good for edifying as fits the occasion that it may impart grace to those who hear. It's a beautiful line, you know, to this power of speech. You know, James says some very powerful things in his letter. You know, the life and death is in the power of the tongue, you know, and man, we can say things to people that are so damaging, so hurtful, so destructive. And so we have to be careful, always remembering what Jesus said, every word that comes out of your mouth, you'll be held accountable for, right? And what we want to then do is say, okay, let's, is what I'm saying about this person, is it edifying? Am I about to share something about somebody that I have access to information about them that others really need to hear? Do I have permission to say it? And why am I saying it actually? To get attention? To help people know that I'm in the know in some way? But a disciple is coming out from under that fleshly desire to use language to exalt myself and to bring down my enemies into learning to love myself in right order under God and to love my neighbor, and even to love those who hate me. And so allowing the Holy Spirit to help me to really seek it, to impart word, you know, to speak words that impart grace for people to hear. 
And verse 30 says, And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, in whom you were sealed on the day of redemption. Let's see what that particular verse, the comment, the little comments at the bottom of the page here about this verse, it says, A warning to avoid sin and the occasion that lead to it. Paul's thinking primarily of destructive speech that disrupts unity and fellowship in the body of Christ. Theologically, this comment confirms personhood of the Holy Spirit, since only a person can be saddened or insulted by the faults of another. There's more here, but I think that gives you the basic flavor of what's there. And then verse 31, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you with all malice and be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. Very good to examine ourselves daily, really. Is there any bitterness in my heart, bitter root that really becomes the source of anger? Or am I, am I striking out with wrath against people and clamor and, you know, slandering them? But instead, be kind to one another. And here's a decision we have to make. It can be hard to do. And when we fall, we just need to repent and receive God's mercy, but really be determined in our will and heart to say, Lord, this is what I want. I want to become tender-hearted, and I want to become a merciful, forgiving person. And I want to give what you've given me. Lord, you have forgiven me. You've given me new life. You've forgiven a lot in me, Lord, and I didn't deserve it. Your kindness and mercy are upon me. Holy Spirit, help me be that person. Help me live that way for the glory of the Lord to please Him. God bless you, friends. Have a blessed weekend. Each program of Fire on the Earth with Peter Herbeck can be downloaded at AveMariaRadio.net and RenewalMinistries.net. Fire on the Earth is a production of Ave Maria Radio. Friends, I'd like to offer you my new booklet, Receiving Fire. Jesus said, I have come to cast fire on the earth. Would that it were already ablaze. That fire is the purifying love that burns in the heart of Jesus. A fire of grace for those who receive it, but a fire of judgment for those who refuse it. If you'd like a copy of this free booklet, call 1-800-282-4789 or contact us on the web at renewalministries.net slash FOE. That's renewalministries.net slash FOE.